Hello. Hello. Sorry, I have to press the button that says you're allowed to record me. So. Oh, got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I need my permission because I'm so cool. Yeah, so cool. I'm a celebrity, basically. Basically. Oh. Well, welcome to Killer Crime and Sister Time, folks. I'm Liberty. And I'm Sydney. And, and this is our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like 30 something episodes. We're almost 30 episodes in. I think they know, but still. They get an introduction at the beginning of every single one. Because what if someone listens backwards, you know? But who would do that? A psychopath? I mean, I don't know their life. If they're gonna be really missing out on a, like inside jokes and shit if they do that but that's on them if you record backwards you are a psychopath so you listen backwards <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't listen backwards i'm not crazy i don't listen backwards either but in case yeah. anyone does you're a psychopath Oh, well, I'm being less judgmental than Liberty. I'm not. That's weird as fuck. <laughs> Start at square one. Um, anyway, how have you been? I've been good. I've been busy. Um, I took a sleep apnea test, right? So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Dennis told me that my tongue is too big for my mouth. <laughs> okay. So- yeah, that's literally what he fucking said to me. So okay. take a sleep apnea test. So it's a take-home test, and you wrap this shit around your waist, and you put on the oxygen thingy on your finger, and then you put the cannula thingies in your nose, and then right. you sleep like that. It fucking sucked. Uh, yeah, and apparently they didn't get the information they needed, so I have to fucking redo it. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care enough. Like, I've slept fine my whole life. Like, I literally don't care enough. And I literally leave for college next week. I don't care enough for this. (laughs) It will literally be a week in two days. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm actually, wait, the 6th. That's what, Friday or Saturday? That's Friday. Then it'll be a week, sorry. So, yeah, three days. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited. I have most of my things. I just have a couple more things from Costco. But yeah, I have a lot of shit. So hopefully we can fit this bitch in the car. Yeah. Good luck with that, homie. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if John's coming with us yet. So that kind of sucks. But yeah. Yeah, that does suck. Yeah. Whatever. We're already. We're only losing. We'd only be losing like 12 hours with each other. Where I'd be in a car, sick to my stomach, probably sitting in the front seat away from him anyway. Yeah, so like, not even near him. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. We both know this. It just sucks. That's valid. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you guys again for letting me take a week for the bar. Um, that was the worst experience of my entire life. Really? I hope I passed so I never have to do that again. Yeah. Um, because it sucked. Valid. And my fucking shithead of a husband walked <laughs> in when I had one minute left on one of the parts of the exam because it was four parts each day for two right. days. And he walked in the last day or the first day, the last exam of the day with one minute left. Oh, and I was like, I will murder you in your sleep. Um, okay. Do know where you sleep? So you should watch out. Um, but yeah, so I emailed the bar instantly and they said, as long as we didn't exchange information, it should be fine, which obviously we didn't cause I wasn't cheating. I was just got a fucking shithead husband who walks into the room because he doesn't pay attention. Right. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, it'll be fine, but, and I instantly submitted the exam as well because I was done. I was just reviewing it to make right. sure what I put. And so, yeah. No, nope, totally. When do you find out your results? September 10th at 8 a.m. Pacific time. Oh. oh, God. That's so long. I know. At yeah. 8 a.m. Pacific time. So what? That's 11 your time? And my time. I'm central, not eastern. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, well, I'm glad you took a week off. I, it was well-deserved, and it, it needed to happen, so. Yeah, thank you. Thank and you guys for dropping us. Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, yesterday, 
we didn't record because I went camping. And it is and, what it is. Yeah. And it I also fun. worked an eight hour day. So yeah, worked an eight hour day. So and that's rare for liberty. So that's why it's so exhausting because Starbucks usually doesn't make you work eight hour days. Yeah. And yeah, so here we are, one day late. As always. You'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they'll be fine. Um, This week, we didn't really have like a theme. We just kind of, because, you know, we were just talking about it yesterday, and Sydney all of a sudden texts me. She's like, So we're recording? And I was like, Why don't we don't have a fucking theme or anything? (laughs) We just kind of picked ones that interest us. And I kind of like doing this sometimes. It's kind of fun to go off, you know? Yeah. straight and narrow and just find out what we like so yeah so i got a good one it's pretty popular so it's probably been talked about but yeah i've never heard of mine in my entire life so i'm very excited then which means i probably never heard of it either yeah i'm sure okay who's gonna go first you or me oh you go first okay (gasps) big yawn (laughs) like i say to the dog big yawn big puppy puppy yawn (laughs) um okay so my story this week is the broken arrow killings like i said i had never heard of it in my entire life but it's actually kind of recent like within the last six years so there's that anyway so a little background um this is the beaver family i think is how you pronounce it it's b-e-v-e-r so i'm gonna go with beaver um and this is like kind of a giant family. They, uh, it was like seven kids total. Um, and the family was complete or five kids. I don't know. There's kids. There's kids. <laughs> um, I think it's, I, I do believe though that it is like five or six. Um, the family was completely homeschooled and the neighbors said they knew so little about the family that they didn't even know all of their names until this incident occurred and the case broke and like right. the news was talking about them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, apparently, David, who's the father, and David Beaver, who's the father, uh, he was physically and verbally abusive towards the children. It also kind of seemed like they were uber religious and kind of like hermity because obviously nobody knew who they were so there's the hermity and then the uber religious is they talked about not liking people and an apocalypse that would be retribution for everything they hated about the world that sounds like my kind of religion (laughs) (laughs) i hate everyone and if the the apocalypse where i survive and everybody i don't like shit just happens to them okay okay <laughs> get your permit ass on out of here and hopefully you don't get murdered because i'm that, in my cave of a room right now <laughs> i was wondering why it was so dark when you got on the call because it's 10 30 here it's not that late <laughs> noon oh. there yeah, it's noon over here. Um, okay. So hopefully you don't get murdered like they are about to. So um, on 11, at 11.30 p.m. on July 22nd, 2015, Broken Arrow Police receive a call from the Beaver home. The call is believed to be placed by 12-year-old Daniel Beaver. And a few sources I looked at confirmed that as well. That it was Daniel who made this call. And he is like one of the more middle-aged childs, ch- childs, childs, <laughs> one of the more middle children in this uh, family. So, and he makes the call around 11:30 p.m. The caller said that someone was attacking their family. The dispatcher then heard screaming, and the call and the line went dead. They attempted to call the father, David, but they didn't receive an answer or a call back, so they dispatched officers to the scene. When police arrived, they found a 13-year-old girl in the front of the home suffering from multiple stab wounds. Later, like 10 to like 30 minutes later, the same night, the police located the bodies of five members of the Beaver family. 
David and April, which are the parents, Daniel, Christopher, and Victoria, and Daniel's the one they believe made the phone call, which were the other children. April, the mother was found the mother was found dead in the living room with nearly 50 stab wounds. Jesus. Yeah. And there was evidence that she like fought back. So on her arms and stuff, you know, Wait. she protect herself. The, sorry, my freaking watch keeps going off with Siri and I'm like, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I know mine keeps doing that too. Okay. <laughs> I was at the gym and it kept doing that. And I was like, excuse you. <laughs> No one's talking to you. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, they found April, the mother, and she had 50 stab wounds and some evidence that she fought back against the killer. In total, the family suffered over 100 stab wounds, like uh, between all of them. It was pretty horrific. Jesus. Yeah, it was a combination of knives and possibly a hatchet did all of the damage yeah oh my god yeah that's passionate yeah uh so a two-year-old girl was found unharmed upstairs as well so there was two children who survived this incident um well more than two but we'll get to it around 12 30 p.m. on July 23rd so like the next day police huh? found Michael and Robert Beaver which are the two oldest children of the Beaver family hiding in a wooded area behind their house they were covered in dirt and blood and they were arrested on five counts of first degree murder and one count of assault and battery with a deadly weapon and that was again the one count of assault and battery was against their sister who survived the 13 year old who was sitting on the front steps uh let's see allegedly their plan was to cut up the bodies of their family members and store them in bins in the attic they also were they also told a detective that they wanted to be famous murderers like eric harris and dylan klebold which is the columbine shooters you know oh god yeah so big yikes they we're also fucking smiling in their mugshots, which I thought was creepy. And it's kind of a theme that is recurring. So I'll get to it later. But I was just like, what is wrong with you? I guess, though, their dad was abusive, which is no reason to kill your whole family. It's no reason to kill anybody. But maybe they were fucked up from that. I don't know. Right. So after interviews with police and reporters, it a more whole story starts to come out than what you know the police initially got that first night so apparently the boys believed that the murders like i said they wanted notoriety like the columbine shooters and so they believed that the murders would be super easy like something they saw on tv which is like really gross um so they started out this mission by luring crystal which is the 13 year old that police found on the front steps Mm -hmm. into michael's room under the pretense of showing her something but then grabbed her from behind and slashed her throat crystal yeah crystal then fought back but michael continued to stab her Hearing this commotion, April, which was their mother, came upstairs and Robert stabbed her 48 times. Do you hate it? Was his mother abusive too? Because that's hate. I think so. I think she like may have been verbally abusive and the dad was like physically. So yeah. Right. Because that's hate. That's not just, oh, kill because cool. Like, no. Because I want to be famous. Yeah. That's not just that. No. So while while Robert is stabbing their mother, Crystal begins crawling away to protect her other siblings, which is just heartbreaking. Yeah. So the brothers then began moving from room to room and killing each person in that room. Um, The next, I believe, was David, their father, and he was stabbed 28 times and suffered blunt force injuries over his entire body. 
Their seven-year-old brother, Christopher, was then stabbed six times. They moved on to their sister, Victoria, stabbing her 18 times in the neck, chest, back, and upper arm. God. Yeah, this is really hostile and disgusting. Yeah. At this time, Daniel, which was the 12-year-old that called the police, managed to lock himself in a room and called 911. Michael convinced him to open the door, pretending to be attacked by Robert. And the two boys stabbed Daniel nine times in the back, shoulder, and chest. So poor baby calls 911 and then... Right, because you're supposed to trust your brothers. You know, he thought he was just trying to help him. He thought he was helping his brother. Yeah. So then Robert returns to Crystal, because remember, Crystal crawled away to try and help her siblings. Right. And he begins strangling her. He then moved on. I think he thought he had killed Crystal. And he went to move on and planned to cut off their two-year-old sister's head oh my god yeah but then police began pounding on the door so he panicked and didn't get to that point thankfully god so yeah seriously so when police arrived they saw blood covering the sidewalk and heard crystal asking for help she told them what her brothers had done and then they went looking for them The brothers had escaped, though, out of the back door, but thankfully were later tracked down by canines in the woods, you know, and that's when we come to full circle. Um, back to this, yeah. Yeah, and then being covered in mud and blood. Uh, police said they didn't seem to care at all. They were actually smiling. So, like, they were. this is what they wanted. They were proud of themselves. Right, they were trying to get caught. Yeah, and another thing I was kind of reading, too, was that they weren't they wanted they had a bigger plan too so they wanted to kill their whole family but then go on and commit more murders like they wanted to go shoot people right so they got caught a little prematurely because they had other plans thank god not prematurely enough but still yeah okay so now we kind of get into the court proceedings and on August 3rd, 2015, the boys are arraigned by video and plead not guilty to all of their charges. Their attorneys attempt to seal the 911 audio and transcript from the public, but the judge ends up allowing the transcript transcript to be released, and he does seal the audio, though, so no one has to hear his little brother. The little brother asking for help, Yeah. On October 1st of 2015, Michael Beaver's attorney seeks to have Michael tried as a juvenile. At the time, Michael was 17 at the time of the crime. And so he's trying to say, like, oh, he, you know, is a juvenile. He should only be tried as a juvenile. And I think in most, if not all states, if you're tried as a juvenile, you get out at the age of 21. So just yeah. food And the applicable law requires that 15 to 17 year olds be charged with first degree murder who are charged with first degree murder be tried as adults. So that the attorney is trying to argue that this is like unconstitutional and he should (laughs) as a child and all that. As a 17 year old myself. Yeah. It's valid. I am aware of what I'm doing and I know right from wrong. And yeah, exactly. And if you were to murder someone, willingly with first degree murder like it wouldn't have been an accident so yeah so anyway that happens uh the judge denies this though on october 12th 2015 and michael's attorney appeals the appeals court sides with the state's decision and so they uphold the fact that he should be tried as an adult as they should yeah And then on February 23rd of 2016, police testify against the brothers and claim, again, that they wanted to be famous. Um, They also stated that while interviewing Robert, he laughed and told them that killing made him feel like a god. (laughs) Yeah. That's disgusting. He said taking more than one life made him feel like a god. Gross. Like he's control yeah it's disgusting 
So then a little later that same year, June 3rd of 2016, the defense attorneys attempt to limit the amount of grief displayed for the victims in the courtroom. They file motions that want to limit grief buttons, like little buttons in support of the victims, you know. Uh, They seek to limit those in the courtroom and also visible displays of emotion during the trial. So I'm saying they want people removed if they cry or something during the trial. Who put this? Who wants this? Is it the state or is it the attorneys? The defense attorneys. Because they want... I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know, I didn't see more information on this, but my assumption is that they don't want the jury seeing people crying or these grief buttons, That and then it swaying their opinion, which I assume testimony is going to sway their opinion anyway. Or the fact that, like, you know, exactly, the police testimony, the fact that they, you know, murder their siblings, yeah. So. Yeah. The evidence, those yeah. things might sway the jury. I mean, I get it. Like they're they're doing their job. These defense attorneys are doing their job. They're trying to make sure that. But still. Yeah, but I think there's other things that they could have put their time towards. Anyway, so June seventeenth, twenty sixteen. Uh, trigger warning. I will say this because it's about self-harm and suicidal ideation um robert attempts to take his own life in his jail cell he attempts to hang himself by tying a sheet around his neck he is unsuccessful in this attempt and he is then like put on a watch you know June 7th of 2016, the judge grants a continuance of the brother's arraignment, allowing the state more time to decide whether to seek the death penalty for Robert. They cannot seek this for Michael because of his age, because he's only 17. But Robert is, I believe he was 19 at the time of the crime. So Um, on September 7th of 2016, Robert takes a plea deal for five life terms without parole and one additional term. I believe the additional term was for the assaults on his sister, Crystal. Got it. Um, and the terms will run consecutively. So one after another. As they should. Yeah. And then a little side note here on March 18th of 2017, the two-story vacant home where the murder occurred burned into a, in a blaze that destroyed the structure completely. I saw pictures. It was like really messed up. Uh, an investigation has not determined the cause of the fire, but I did see some notes in certain articles discussing how neighbors hated the site of the home and you know they were repulsed by it and they wanted it gone so there might have been foul play but who knows also is it really worth it to sell that home to somebody else and have them be haunted as fuck like just burn it (laughs) just wait just wait so after the house burns down on April 9th, 2017, so like a month later, the community reached their goal to purchase the former Beaver home and make it a memorial garden. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, they showed a rendering and it was super cute, like in the article I was reading. Mm-hmm. And then on May 2nd, 2017, the city received the deed to the Beaver home so that they could bulldoze the burnt remains and make them a memorial. So they, Good. the home no longer exists. Back to the case now. On February 16th of 2018, a broken arrow detective, Gayla Ad- Adcock, resigns from the agency among claims that she mishandled the evidence. Records indicate that Adcock was an affiant on a couple search warrants, but that's basically all that comes of that. She just resigns and then we move on. So I right. don't think it really had a detrimental impact on the case. And then on April 20th of 2018, the jury was seated and opening statements began in Michael's trial. I also saw, too, that they had to have a giant jury pool, like over 100 jurors, just to get enough people to be unbiased on one jury. 
So that's something. I, I feel no, I couldn't be unbiased. <laughs> I was gonna say I feel like I could try, but it wouldn't. But here, I know this is like this is gonna sound like the whole opposite point of being fucking unbiased. But like, I would try. And I would sit on that jury and I would hear both sides, but I don't think anything I heard could change my mind. Having, okay, having worked in criminal defense, I could convince, I, I could be impartial, but considering that I am going to, fingers crossed, be a licensed attorney soon, I don't think anyone would want me on their jury. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, it's just like, how do you, how do you be unbiased in that? How do you listen to both sides? And like, like, well, there's no way I'd be able to change my mind. Well, you listen to the evidence and see if it's enough to convince you beyond a reasonable doubt that this person did it. But they did do it because they admitted to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can't convince me. <laughs> and you would not have been chosen for the jury. <laughs> I would not have been because I would have been like, no, fuck you. <laughs> okay. So anyway. <laughs> so yada yada yada. I lost my space. Okay, yeah. Opening statements begin on April 20th, 2018, in Michael's trial. On May 10th of 2018, after more than five hours of deliberation, the jury finds Michael guilty of killing his parents and three of his younger siblings and attempting to kill his 13-year-old sister. His sister, Crystal, actually becomes the prosecution's key witness, and half of the jurors openly cried as the verdict was read, and Beaver fell on the floor when attempting to sit down after the verdict was read, too. So I think he was a little shocked for some reason. Considering yeah, this is exactly what he wanted, but whatever. On May 18th of 2018, crayon drawings from Michael's journal were released to the public. Police categorized these images as morbid and violent. Um, at the same time, the police also released interviews and the 911 call from 12-year-old Daniel Beaver shortly before he died. So, because remember, the actual audio was blocked right. by the judge. And after both the boys were convicted, it was released. So on May 30th of 2018, the community began creating the Memorial Park on the Beaver's property. Later that same year, in July, Michael speaks before his sentencing. He said that every second of every day, he has been thinking about what he could have done differently and the life he could have had with his family. After this statement, the judge decided to put off her decision on his sentencing until August 9th. And then in March of 2017, the park was officially dedicated. On July 15th of 2019, two staff attorneys, or two, sorry, two staff members were standing in the day room in the prison. And Robert approached them from behind with a weapon, attempting to attack them. One of the staff members bear hugged Beaver and ordered him to drop the weapon. They, again, do, like, a mugshot whole situation to charge him with that attempted, you know, assault there. And he's smiling in his fucking mugshot again. So which brother said they regretted it? Michael or Robert? Michael. Oh, okay. Robert does not have any indication of regret. So do we think that Robert influenced and or made Michael do it? Or do you think Michael did it on his own free will? I think that Robert had a very large influence over this right. and that Michael went along with it because he had similar feelings, but I don't think he would have done it without Robert's influence. Right. Because, you know, I feel like when, I mean, I'm not a boy, so I'm not sure, but I just, I know boys feel like, one second, someone's calling me. I don't know who that is. <laughs> fucking question. Don't call me if I don't know you. Um, I also fucking, probably won't answer if I do know you. So 
Well, also, they'll leave a message if it's important. That's what I always say. Yes. Um, But, you know, like, I know boys and their hormones are a little bit different and they feel feelings. Maybe Michael was just feeling more rage feelings and Robert was like, oh, like, you know, kill with this rage and that kind of stuff. So. Right. I don't know. I just maybe, I don't know. I just feel bad. I don't know. I don't feel bad, but at the same time, like, it's hard. And I feel also... If you're willing to plot that out with your sibling, you are willing to maybe speak up as well and have some influence yourself. And that if you truly cared, you would have done so and prevented the tragedy. Exactly. So, and I know, I know he was a child. He was 16 years old, but I've been a 16 year old. And I've never murdered anyone. And I've never murdered anyone. And I also know he was abused. And I get that. But you still don't get to murder someone. And at 16, I know I would have been able to figure out some resources to get help. Exactly. But also, we weren't homeschooled. Yeah, we weren't less resources. That is true. Yes. But the 12-year-old was able to call 911, so I know they knew how to do that. Exactly. They knew how to use a phone. Yeah. Um, My last little sentence here is that on June 25th, 2020, so just last year, Michael's life sentence was appealed by his attorneys, and it was upheld on appeal. So he is still sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So, yeah, and then my sources were TulsaWorld.com, Rinker.com, Oxygen.com, because they did a Killer Kids episode on them, and (laughs) Wikipedia.com. You're so fancy with your fucking sources, man. I always forget. (laughs) (laughs) I click through 80 different websites, and I'm writing notes. I'm trying to make it, like, in chronological order so i just keep forgetting where all this information comes i just have a little source at the bottom of my notes i just have a little sources thing and every time i go to a website and i pull information from it i use it maybe i should do that who knows yeah i just throw the little website in there exactly um so my story is pretty good um bringing back the cannibals oh fuck yeah fucking with the cannibals I couldn't remember if we did this already, but I texted you the name and you said we didn't. So, I'm <laughs> with it. And if we did, I, I checked. I checked. So we're okay. good. Just cut me the fuck off. Just make us a a little spreadsheet so that we can know what people we did, and then we can just con- like command F in there and <laughs> and search I, for the name. <laughs> oh yeah, I also had a recommendation for the ladies out there. I told Sydney this yesterday, but I've discovered new underwear. Auden brand from Target. You need to go check it the fuck out. It's five for 20. It's cheaper than Victoria's Secret and it's better and it's like cotton. It's good for your chooch. It's just so much better and so much more comfortable. And like, yeah, pink has like cute styles, but also this Auden brand had really cute styles and they were comfier and they felt like better material. And I just really think everybody should go invest in that. So Auden brand, Target, go check it the fuck out. I went and looked on at target.com after we talked about that and I found some and they're super cute. So yeah, they're super cute. So not sponsored, sadly. Sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> but still pretty fucking cool. Okay. So my story was I'm gonna butcher this. I'm sorry, I'm white. So <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Aisi Sagawa um was born April 26th of 1949. Um, he was also known as Pong or Pang. I can't read my writing. It's Pong or Pang. <laughs> or the Kobe, the Kobe cannibal. Okay. Anyway. So his victim, his one victim was Rene Hart- Hartevelt in Paris in 1981. Um, so kind of his backstory, he was born in a wealthy family, but um, he was a sickly kid and pretty much like, you know, was in and out of hospitals and stuff so he turned to like reading and literature and grew super into that and shit yeah but he was weird as fuck right because he claims his first cannibalistic desire was seeing a man's thigh in the first grade 
so the first grade like that's yeah gross disgusting um i didn't even know what a cannibal was in the first fucking grade right yeah so having an urge to eat people exactly so in 2011 vice did an interview with him right have you have you ever heard of this guy i have heard of him from other podcasts Yeah. yeah so yeah in 2011 vice did an interview with him in this interview he said uh when he was a kid he did bestiality such things with his dog oh what okay i didn't know that <laughs> i apologize for that noise i just made also <laughs> all right your ears friends yeah. and experienced more desires of cannibalism but they once he grew older they were more focused on women which i think i assume probably happened after like puberty and stuff i like, mean it- oh god That'll be more explained in the end, though. So at age 24, um, he attended Wakes University in Tokyo. He followed a tall German woman home and broke into her apartment while she was sleeping. And this was his first, like, attack. Um, He says his intent was to cut off a piece of her ass and run away. Just, you know, a little. Oh, you're frozen. Oh, no. Is the sound frozen or just me? Oh, the sound froze too. Can you repeat that? Yes. So he says his intent was to cut off a piece of her ass and right. run away. Right? Oh, um, yeah, but she woke up. She was able to push him to the ground and call the police. And well, yeah, was- it sounds like she was bigger than him. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, yeah, that I'll tell you that later too. I'll fucking small this man is. So he was convicted of attempted rape and never told anyone his true intentions. So he they just assumed he was coming to rape her, but they, he never actually told the police he was coming to eat her ass. He's like, um, yeah, sure, I totally wasn't gonna slice off her ass cheek. Let's, I know, I know, not like the for rape. <laughs> not the regular eat her eat her ass. You know, like the, you can literally take a bite out of her. He consume her ass. Yeah. <laughs> digest her ass cheeks <laughs> so um the charges were dropped because his wealthy father paid the victim a settlement. of course of yeah. course his dad gets him out of a lot of things which is super fucked up because your son's a fucking cannibal i need to know okay this was in this was in where that this happened so tokyo was the first or japan was the first attack paris the second okay what kind of i'm i'm legitimately asking because i'm confused so in america a settlement would only be for a civil a case but this sounds pretty criminal so i'm confused how it was dropped right i just have a lot of questions anyway continue because she was probably the one pressing charges and so she was like okay i'm done drop them yeah, in America, the state presses charges. Right. So the victim might have some of a say, but it's up to the state. Exactly. Anyway. Um, so in 1977, he was 27 years old and he moved to Paris to get his PhD in literature, I think. Okay. Something not useful unless you're like a professor or something. No offense. Cool. Um, <laughs> Well, living in Paris, he said every almost every single night he took home a prostitute and would aim a gun at the back of her head, but would never be able to shoot it and would freeze every single time. Did these women know? No. He'd put it down before they saw it. He would try to kill a woman almost every single night and would not be able to do it. Poor women. Could you imagine being one of those sex workers and like seeing him pop up on the news and like remembering that he was one of your clients one time yeah and being like oh fuck yeah that's horrifying okay sorry one second wait thursday ha okay sorry i just got a text from uh counselor uh not like a you know like a school counselor and they were like oh can you meet for this nurse meeting and i was like ah yes i can so i had to check that really fast okay (laughs) so on june 11th of 1981 um sagaz now 32 and invited his classmate renee hartevelt to dinner and to do homework at his apartment 
So she came over because he was like, yo, I need you to translate some shit for me. She was a Dutch woman. I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it, but uh, she might have known other languages. I don't know, but she was Dutch. Generally, so, people in other countries know more languages than we do. So there's that. Yeah, more uncultured. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she was a Dutch woman. Apparently very beautiful, very healthy, 5'10". This is relevant, oh. trust me. Okay. So they um she goes over to translate some shit for him so he says he planned to kill her and eat her he selected her because of her health and beauty because he thought if he ate her he would inherit these characteristics because this man was four foot nine he was sickly as a kid though we have to remember that but he's like as tall as lamina <laughs> <laughs> Love you, cuz. <laughs> Lamina is one of our cousins, and she's a very short gal. She's a very <laughs> short gal. I don't get that, but it was funny to me. <laughs> yeah. So she was 25 years old, 5'10, and he was 32 and 4'9. So he thought if he ate her, he could inherit um, her energy, be able to absorb it, because he saw himself as ugly and weak and was <laughs> like, well, if I eat her, then I'll become 5'10 and a beautiful Dutch woman. <laughs> okay, bestie, that's not how that works. It's not how that works. No, so, just gonna be uh, a before nine dude who eats people. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, Renee was reading poetry. This is what he says. So Renee was reading poetry at his desk when Sagawa, sh- Sagawa, sorry, shot her in the back of the neck with his rifle. He claims he fainted and panicked, but knew he needed to carry out his plan. So he had a panic attack and was like, fuck, I just shot this woman in the back of the neck. But he's like, well, I got to figure this shit out now. So now we're committed. We're in this. Yeah. So the first thing he does after he panics is he has sex with her body. (laughs) Disgusting. I know. And I feel so bad for this poor woman. So she's passed, sadly, but still like you feel terrible because it's such a disrespect. Um, Yeah. sex with her body but says his teeth and her his teeth weren't sharp enough to bite her (laughs) and bite in to her (laughs) so once he was done he went out and bought a butcher knife yeah of course he did yeah so he consumed a lot of her body mostly her breasts and face either raw or uncooked or or cooked, sorry. He would eat her. Yeah, he would eat her. No. Yeah, it's disgusting. He also took photos of her body at each stage of his eating. So like every time he'd cut pieces off, he'd take a picture. Um he then attempted to dump the remains in a lake in Paris, which, yeah, that's France. Yeah, so in some lake in France. Um, and two suitcases, but was caught by authorities and re- arrested four days later. I'm not sure what the delay was. <laughs> right. Like, did they just think that he was dumping garbage in a lake? But or- also, maybe, maybe he wasn't caught by the police. Maybe a witness saw him, reported it to the police, and the yeah. police... Okay. So who knows? Um, but first thing it says when it starts talking about like the jury the like all of the legal proceedings is that his father his wealthy father bought him one of the best lawyers shocker i know Mm, to be rich (laughs) so he was the the french judge declared him legally unfit and ordered him to stay in a mental hospital indefinitely um but he became sort of like a celebrity and was like being like romanticized. Yeah. And people were like, oh my gosh. Yeah. No. And um, so the French government was like, deport his house, like get him the fuck out of my country. So they deported him back to Japan. Okay. And Japan so- kept him locked up, right? Japan kept him locked up. <laughs> So, um, the Japanese doctors said he was, in fact, sane, and that all of everything he did, the whole motive was sexual perversion. So, that's why I think he started focusing more towards women, eating women during puberty, was because 
it was more sexually motivated doesn't make it any better i'm no. just saying like you know that's where it it make it worse. i don't know so um the french so somehow when he got deported back to japan the french charges got dropped and sealed so japan couldn't legally hold him because they didn't have access to the records and he checked himself out of the mental hospital august 12th of 1986 and has been free ever since do we know where he is Yes, in 2013, he suffered a cerebral infraction and now needs daily care and needs a daily caretaker. I mean, at least he can't probably murder anyone now. He says he regrets his obsession and desires, but I don't. He I never. Don't trust I, him, so there's. Yeah. That. I don't trust him. Fun fact. <laughs> I don't trust that. <laughs> Here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing. You tried to do it to multiple sex workers. <laughs> Hundreds of them. Yeah. So, and who knows how long he was gathering sex workers? Like, who knows how many women in a row? Like, hundreds, maybe. Who knows? How was he doing? How long was he doing it for? Like, yeah. And then you finally did it to a classmate. So I just, I don't trust you. Which he didn't have a lot of friends. And I remember hearing on a podcast that I listened to this one, I saw this one on too. Um, was that he was talking about how Renee was one of his only friends and he really regretted killing her because she's one of the only few people that like cared and hung out with him. And yeah, so he killed Everyone like his Everyone was right to tell her not to hang out with the weird kid. Don't make them right about that. I had the weird kid tell me one time because I was super nice to him. He told me I was last on his kill list. I remember <laughs> You remember that? I was eighth grade because I was helping him with something and he goes- you're last on my list. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Kyle. And then he got expelled that year for uh, making a kill list with my friend's boyfriend on the number one. Oh, my <laughs> Wait, God. I think, I think he was number two. But yeah. And then he came back to high school, freshman year. <laughs> so it does pay to be nice to the otter side of kids because sometimes you will be last on the list well unless they decide to kill you and eat you so exactly that. yeah it's only valid to be rude to people if they're rude to you first that's my motto <laughs> i mean or hear me out you could just not interact with people like i choose to do <laughs> i don't interact with anyone so yeah and i'm back to it so this is other crappy news just on the train of crappy news we're back to wearing masks at work so i had a good couple weeks of no mask in all fairness um i do like being able to make faces at people again Mm -hmm. i feel so much more comfortable being a bitch to people because now they can't see my face and so they can't really tell the intention of my words because they can't see my face they can't tell if i'm being bitchy or if that's just me well and you know what's funny is when we were you know wearing masks full-time all the time uh well and now that we're back I get to do this again but like I was like mouthing things that might not have been nice um and like no one could see that but then I like you know we took the masks off for a couple weeks and I was like oh shit people can see that now I should I gotta I gotta chill but now I can do that again so I accidentally, I, yeah, I accidentally made a face at a customer and I thought I was going to get like written up almost because I thought they were going to like talk to my manager because they were talking to me. She said something like really fucking stupid. And I was like, (laughs) you can't see my face, but I literally was like, uh, like if you can just imagine like a look of stupidity and fucking disbelief, I was like, (laughs) and I was like, oh fuck, she can see my face, but it was stupid. She was a stupid bitch. So I hate customers, and today's my last day at Starbucks. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Sorry to your ears. I'm just excited. <laughs> I have my first day back at work on Monday, and I'm excited. Yay. I know. Kaylin got a job at the Bookie. Oh, did she? At yeah, the Starbucks there? Yeah, she works at the Starbucks there. It's not a corporate Starbucks, of course. So she has to go through a little bit of training, but I think only the bookie training. She doesn't have to re-go through Starbucks training. That's good. I also 
feel like they never had the same menu items at Starbucks. They might have less. Yeah. Less supplies and stuff. But it's I know everything they have, Starbucks has. It's just whether right. it's like less. It, I just don't think they have as much as Starbucks has. A regular corporate one would have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. So I'm going to also look at what my schedule looks like once I get there and see if I can uh, do any uh, sign up for any things. Right. See if I can get a little a little job, a little jobby job. A little jobby job. Um, I will say that I worked um, in like the, whatchamacallit, in like just doing processing paperwork and stuff in the executive offices and I like did that for 10 hours each week and it was really easy money and they pay you just above minimum wage for that I'll definitely look at that I'm on the whatchamacallit thingy so yeah I'm on a, the job thingy that yeah. Yeah. yeah so I was looking at some. Um, I'll see if the bookie is hiring any more people. I don't know. I just don't know if I'll have time with ROTC and everything. But that's even if I get into ROTC because that's true. The government hates me and medically <laughs> disqualified me. So I just think it's really funny what they medically disqualified you for. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> it's stupid. Life is stupid. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, we'll be back on track. So yeah. And let us know if you have any recommendations or any stories to submit, because we'd love to hear them. So, yeah, don't forget, Killer Crime and Sister Time at gmail.com. Um, we are just Killer Crime and Sister Time on Instagram. Uh, we don't have any other social media because we're lazy. Yep, that's and- that. Yeah, well, I'm also, we're both really busy people, I would just like to say. You know, like, we're not, like, some average Joes. We're not some rich bitches that can just, like, you know. Talk to each other. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool and all, but, like, you know, I'm broke, so I need other things in my life and a degree and shit. Yeah. I technically already have one, but still. Yeah, I already got the degrees. I just have to work with them now. Yeah. Quick question. Yes. When you major in two different things, does that mean you get two different bachelors? Mm Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Because I'm thinking of double majoring with all my free fucking time. You might as well, bro. <laughs> well, it's ridiculous. <laughs> bro, fucking dick. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. done with my nursing requirements this year. So. Dang. <laughs> okay. okay. Have okay. a good day, guys. We'll see you next week. Send, send me your stories. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.